Welcome to Sunday Sermons and other recordings from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis, California. Please visit our website at www.uudavis.org for further information. Assistant Minister for Congregational Life, and it's great to see you here today. Good morning. I'm Megan Kelly. I'm one of your worship associates this year, and I'm one of the worship leaders today. You are welcome here, no matter how you identify or who you love, no matter the color of your skin or your personal circumstance, no matter who you consider family or who you take care of. No matter your understanding of God or life's big questions, you are welcome in this community. If this is your first time here, you are especially welcome, and I hope you will stop by our welcome table so that we can get to know you better. Here you will find a community of sharing and caring. And in your printed bulletin in the green sheet, you will find information about the programs of this church. There are many ways to get involved for everyone beyond Sunday mornings as we create this community together. To acknowledge all that is being held by the people in this room, we light one pillar candle for the sorrows of the world, for the moments that weigh heavy on our hearts. We light a second pillar candle for the joys of the world, for moments of hope and celebration. Lighting our chalice today are Leela, Ashley, and Tori, our lovely musicians. Leela is a lifelong UU and was a regular participant in UC Davis campus ministry. She studied voice, sang in many choirs, and is now working toward becoming a board-certified music therapist. Tori is a second-year student studying biology at UC Davis. She continues her lifelong relationship with both secular and religious musical performance through her membership in Davis Chamber Choir and grows her indigenous identity as an active member of the Native American community. She currently serves as the treasurer of Davis Chamber Choir and powwow student coordinator at the UC Davis Cross-Cultural Center. Ashley grew up in UU Petaluma. She has participated in youth conferences as a youth and an adult advisor. She writes, sings, and plays folk and indie pop music and participates in vocal combos and choirs. We light this chalice to find inner peace, love for each other, and faith in ourselves. Also to be welcoming to whomever we meet and kind to all living creatures. So gather around this light of hope as we share this time together. I'm going to ask everyone to participate just a little bit. If you usually go to the bridge house, raise your hand. All right. All right. Um, Raise your hand if you go to the cottage or library for youth activities. Me too, me too. Um, All right, put your hands down. If you get to have good conversation with the children and youth from our community, raise your hand. 
All right. You may put your hands down. Um, I feel very lucky because I do get the chance to talk to many ages at our church and often find that our UU values of community, the web of life, and respect for all are echoed across ages and throughout all of our beautiful buildings. Megan and I recently went around and asked some of the younger people of our congregation and their parents what they liked about our church and how they practice our values at church and out in the world. I'm going to read some, some of these statements from people at our church. And if that statement is also true for you, I want you to respond with an affirmative, a snap or a sign language, yes, or a verbal, mm-hmm. So we're gonna practice really quick. Pretend I said something you agree with. Perfect. All right, so these statements are from the children, youth, and some of their parents at our very church. I like how accepting our church is. I like how much our church is a community. I like singing in the service. Here we are exposed to different spiritual ideas and ways of the world. I love the church campouts and marshmallows. I like our church because no matter what religion you believe, you can come. And that means lots of people can come. So it means you can make new friends. My favorite thing about church is the community and how well everyone knows each other. This is a safe place to learn and explore our beliefs. I have good conversations here. I help my mom cook stuff and clean stuff, and I hug people when they're sad. I think mostly I help people to understand things when they're confused, and I think I do that at church too. I like the games. <laughs> Thank you all who shared their thoughts. May we all remember why we love our church and become inspired by all the people and love in our community. And with that, I say, mm-hmm. Throughout our church year, we recognize young children and their parents through child dedication ceremonies. As a congregation, we make commitments to support the children and families, and we honor the love that they share. As we move through our time together today, consider these words that the congregation reads during the child dedication ritual. As a congregation, we remember the wishes of those who parent you. We will care for you and help you to know the ways of truth, love, and compassion. We will be open to the things you have to learn, we have to learn from you as you grow in our midst. In this way, we dedicate ourselves to you. Um, <laughs> as we keep in mind our dedication to all the children of our congregation, I'm going to ask you to think of the things that you do that show this commitment. Um, everyone should have a piece of paper and a pen. They are scattered throughout under your chairs. It is not the promise of a new car, but it is pretty exciting. Um, so everyone get a one piece of paper and something to write with. You might have to pass 
across aisles depending on the distribution of people. So you're going to write something on this paper and then we're going to pass them. Um, so anything you write will be read by other people at the church. And then you're going to end up with somebody else's at the end that you'll get to keep to take home. So think of something that you can do today or this month that shows your dedication to the children, youth, and families of our church. You're going to write one thing that you will do, a real tangible action, could be very small, it does not have to be a big thing, that really shows your dedication. And on the back, you're going to write one thing that you hope to receive from this church community in the coming year. You're going to write as Andre plays, um, and when you're done writing, just hold on to your card, really put some energy and thoughts into it. Oh, yes. <clears throat> right, one thing that you'll do, a tangible action that shows your commitment to the children at this church and their families. And on the back, write something that you wish to receive from this church in the coming year. So you should have something written on your card. Finish it as best you can. Now we're going to listen to Andre's music, and you're going to read your card and pass it to your left. If you're at the end of a row, please pass your card backwards or forwards. We just want to keep them moving, uh, moving around, but kind of keep them in your same section so people don't run out of cards. Um, and you're going to read one, pass it again, read another, take a breath, pass it again. So you should be reading a few different cards as you listen to more music. So as you're looking at your card, think of all the commitments you read and the ones you wrote down for yourself and all the wishes you read and the ones you wrote down for yourself. You're going to keep these cards with you to help you remember throughout the week. Some of these things we may just speak into existence, but some might take a little more work. Maybe go into the social hall and into this week and month, ready to bring these words to life. Unitarian Universalism has been a part of my life since I was very young. My Sundays have more often than not included going to church. I am friends on Facebook with people who cared for me in the nursery, with members of my coming-of-age class, and with people I met here in Davis at Campus Ministry. My life has been shaped by these people and by this faith, by the congregations and the communities of which I have been a part. These connections have taught me compassion and the importance of seeking my own truth. I have been reassured when I was frightened and embraced when I was angry. Many people along the way have reached out to help me and support me in my growth and development. When I was in high school, I was very involved in the youth group at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Berkeley. I helped coordinate events such as services or fundraisers. 
I worked with my youth advisors to help lead Sunday morning groups. I voiced my opinions about things that I thought worked and things that I saw falter. I saw the importance of church community and wanted to do all that I could to make it the best place for anyone that entered into the beautiful atrium with the indoor trees and the words of Rumi on the wall in large print. Come, come, whoever you are. Whoever was important to me as a high schooler who often felt like I did not belong anywhere. I spent a great deal of time at church with my youth group. My youth group was close to one another. Members fought like siblings. Others spent hours of time together outside of Sunday mornings. We knew each other's quirks and annoyances, and we knew if someone was having a bad day just by looking at them. Many of us turned to one another for support. Then my sophomore year of high school, something happened that turned our group upside down and left us unable to support each other. Our, one of our beloved youth advisors passed away unexpectedly. Heather was steadfast, unique, soul-filling, and wholeheartedly loved each and every youth and person that she worked with. Heather was one of those people that could fill any room with energy that vibrated into your soul and your being, and she made you feel loved and held unconditionally. She saw us for who we were and loved us more for our faults. Then suddenly, that was gone. She was gone. My youth group was floundering in what felt like darkness. Our other advisors were also deeply grieving, and no one seemed to know what to do. We desperately needed the support of the congregation. We didn't know how to ask for it or even what to ask for. We needed the kind of commitments that are made during child dedications. We needed to be cared for. We needed to feel the congregation's love and to be shown compassion. Times of grief send us into a tailspin of the unknown. There are no roadmaps, no guidebooks, no instruction guides. The, it is hard when you are the one grieving, but it can be just as hard when you are trying to support someone else in their time of grief. We often don't know what to say to someone who is grieving or to a high schooler, even when they're happy. This is hard work, but it is the hard work that we commit to as being part of a congregation. Our Unitarian Universalist faith is a covenantal faith. We make promises to be there for one another in certain ways. This congregation commits to acting based on respectful conversation, receptive listening, and open-hearted presence. Although it is a different congregation with its own covenant, this open-hearted presence would have been very helpful to me and the other members of my youth group. For many weeks and months, our grief remained heavy and unacknowledged. Our youth group meetings were a place for us to be together, and that was valuable, but we needed to feel seen. We wanted adults other than our parents to show up and name the heartbreak we were feeling. Sometimes in this covenantal faith of ours, we fall short. Covenants are aspirations with the best intentions, but sometimes we are awkward and clumsy and we make mistakes. In the best of times, we apologize gracefully and forgive, 
We show acceptance to one another's mistakes, and we learn to live and love as others do. As time went by, I saw examples of adults still embracing me in my anger. I saw others showing me acceptance and showing me new ways to give. Congregants were giving in the ways that they knew how, even when they didn't know the right thing to say. The woman who ran the snack table during social hour stopped charging youth for our snacks for about a month. People gave me extra long, warm hugs. I got invited to circle dinners. Children urged by their parents standing in the background not knowing what to say ran up to me after service with pictures they had drawn. Even if it wasn't the support that my whole youth group needed, I started to feel like I was supported as an individual. My youth group still wished that things had gone differently and there was hurt by this, but we worked to forgive and to find ways to mend relationships. For me, finding places within the congregation that had nothing to do with the youth group were the ways that helped me work through forgiveness. I got asked to lead children's programming during a weekly evening worship, and this helped me feel seen and held for who I was. Feeling held led to open-hearted conversations and an ability on my part to forgive and to put down some of the weight of the hurt. The members of that youth group continued to attend throughout high school. We needed each other. Members of that group are still some of my closest friends. Members went to hold many different roles at the Berkeley Church and to live out covenant and forgiveness there in many ways. One member served on the RE committee. One is now a board member. One supported weekly dinners by cooking and serving food for the congregation. We found our own ways to reconcile the hurt and the loss that we felt. Some of us did so more graciously than others, but that is all a part of the messiness of the covenant and community that we are all a part. Everyone, no matter how old or young, needs to feel held, supported, loved. Remember youth and children in this. They need adults and church community more than they know or can say. I see within this congregation that folks support one another. This is a congregation that lives covenantal faith in all of its clumsy and awkward ways. I hope to always support children and youth in the ways that they need, although I recognize that this can be a struggle to identify what that might mean. It takes practice. It takes showing up. It takes making mistakes, apologizing gracefully, and then trying again. I want to do the work to help each young person person develop the skills to support future generations. Children and youth of our UU congregations need the skills and abilities to become adults of our UU congregations. Consider what could be possible if each adult in our congregations had been supported and taught compassion throughout their childhood and teenage years. There are young adults in this congregation who were raised UU, some right here in this congregation and some in other congregations. These folks are board members, RE teachers, musicians, activists, youth advisors, 
We are here as examples of what can happen when people of this UU faith remember the wishes of those who parent the youngest among us. We can tell you the importance of being cared for and taught the ways of truth, love, and compassion. And now we are helping to do the same for the next generation because we know that it matters. We have felt that it matters. We know in our hearts and our bodies and our souls. It is important to remember the children and the youth when we come to church on Sundays. Let us learn their names. May we talk to them about their lives and engage in respectful conversation. We can ask questions and fully listen to the answers. Be a receptive listener to what they have to say. We can read them a book or smile at them. Find your own way of saying, I love you. You are cared for. Be an open-hearted presence to whatever is sparking joy for them this week, because it will be different the next week. Ask more questions. The little things add up. The little things become the feeling of being a part of something, of being held up and supported. May the little things add up to big feelings and big changes for our community and our world. I was recently reflecting on Megan and my daily work with children. We both work for the well-being of large groups of children every day, and caring for children is on our minds in one way or another. I know there are others at church and beyond helping to parent smaller groups of children, and there are many others that donate to children's causes or support education through taxes and time. And there are even others that passively help simply by setting a good example of morality and kindness, even if they never interact directly with children. All these roles are important and valuable. The Reverend Pat Patrick O'Neill, minister of the First Unitarian Congregational Society of Brooklyn, wonders, what if we all brought the well-being of children to the forefront of every interaction? He writes, Among the most accomplished and fabled tribes of Africa, no tribe was considered to have warriors more fearsome or more intelligent than the mighty Maasai. It is perhaps surprising, then, to learn that the traditional greeting that passes between Maasai warriors means, and how are the children? It is still the traditional greeting among the Maasai, acknowledging the high value that the Maasai always place on the children's well-being. Even warriors with no children of their own would always give the traditional answer, all the children are well. Meaning, of course, that peace and safety prevail, that the priorities of protecting the young, the powerless, are in place that Maasai society has not forgotten its reason for being, its proper functions and responsibilities. All the children are well. Means that life is good. It means that the daily struggles for existence do not preclude proper caring for the young. I wonder how it might affect our consciousness of our own children's welfare if in our culture we took to greeting each other with this daily question. 
And how are the children? I wonder if we heard that question and passed it along to each other a dozen times a day, if it would begin to make a difference in the reality of how children are thought of or cared about in our community, in our country. I wonder if every adult among us, parent and non-parent alike, felt an equal weight for the daily care and protection of all the children in our community, in our town, in our state, and in our country. I wonder if we could truly say without any hesitation, the children are well. Yes, all the children are well. What would it be like if the minister began every worship service by answering the question, and how are the children? And if every town leader had to answer the question at the beginning of every meeting, and how are the children? Are they well? Wouldn't it be interesting to hear their answers? What would it be like, I wonder? And I ask, how are the children? And if we can honestly answer, all the children are well, or if we have some hesitation, is this a question we are willing to ask every day? How are the children? Or in every interaction, how are the children? I invite you now into a time of reflection and prayer. Center yourselves in your seats. Find your feet firmly on the ground. Soften your gaze or close your eyes. Notice your breath. Be open to this time that we make sacred together. We pause in this silence surrounded by the spirit of life and love that moves in and among us. In this quiet time, we look inward. We name the places deep inside ourselves which hold our truths. Those places that hold our fears. Those places that hold our sorrows. Those places that hold our imperfections. And as we acknowledge those, those fears, those sorrows, those imperfections, may we feel them lightened just a little. Because we are only human. And when we share together, we find answers to our fears. We find comfort from our sorrows and we find forgiveness of our imperfections. We give thanks today for all that is our lives. We give thanks for the joys that fill us day to day, that exist alongside the sorrows. We give thanks for the people in our lives, for the people we love to share our news with. And we turn our hearts and minds to those very people, to the people who need our love and our support today. 
to all those who we know who are recovering, who are facing illness and uncertainty, we send our love. And we extend our prayers today to the wider community, offering comfort to the family and friends of Natalie Corona, the Davis police officer who was killed in the line of duty this week. We give thanks for Natalie's dedication and the dedication of all first responders whose jobs are filled with risk for our safety. May we continue to work together to build a more peaceful community, to build networks which prevent violence and restore justice. And may we continue our work of supporting individuals and families of both victims and perpetrators of violence. We live in a complicated world and we know that sorrow and insecurity is everywhere. We know there are places in this country and indeed around the globe that face violence and death and destruction. And we offer not just our love, but our commitment to action. Our commitment to ask, and how are the children? And to work towards creating a more peaceful, more loving world. Please join hands for our benediction. Two invitations to community for you before our benediction. One, the reminder about the interfaith rotating winter shelter truck that needs to be unloaded. If you are choosing to do that, please exit toward the left-hand front doors. If that is not something you choose to participate in for the sake of traffic flow, please head towards the right-hand side of the social hall. Secondly, if you were called by anything in this service to volunteer or ask more questions about RE, please visit the RE cart that's over by the part of the social hall. Not sure where. <laughs> As we leave this time together, may we remember the little things. Remember that the little things add up. Find a little thing that you can do and carry it into this world and into this covenantal community together. Blessed be. Amen. Ashe. Let the congregation say amen.